Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante along with Dustin Hawkinsmith. So Dusty, how was your weekend, my friend? Uh, as we found out before we started recording this, better than yours. So that, I'll, I'll take that for, I didn't have the world's worst weekend, but uh, so I'll, I think I'll take that as a positive. Well, I'm not going to go into the details for our listeners like I did for you. Let's just say this weekend, it confirms Jim's feeling, I hate people. Okay, so we will just leave it at that. Not so, not you, Dustin. dear listener, not you. Other people. No, no. Others. Others. But you know what else Jim dislikes, Dusty, besides people? Not listener people, but other people. Do you know What's what that? else it is that Jim dislikes? The Big Ten. Okay? I I think you know that. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, I think I think there's a deep-seated rebel inside you that any authoritative figure in the realm of college sports, college football specifically, you have a disdain for them. But I will say the Big Ten, the NCAA, they make it pretty easy, don't they? They do. I mean, take take your pick. Uh, Delaney, Kevin Warren, Michigan, Ohio State centric, their handling of COVID, treating Penn State like the redheaded stepchild when they entered the conference. No offense. I hate to that phrase, by the there, way. Dusty. I, I hate I, that phrase. I, I, I am a redheaded stepchild. <laughs> we don't treat you that way, though, Dusty. So I, I could just go on and on with my list of reasons to dislike the Big Ten. I don't want to use the word hate. A little too strong, Dusty. So now we have the Big Ten coming out with their scheduling for 24 and 25 big announcement came out last Thursday. And let me tell you, I was prepared and psyched to really dislike this. I actually really like it. Yeah. They let me down because I wanted to dislike it. Dusty. (laughs) What a life, what a life you lead to be disappointed by happiness. How about that? (laughs) And, and file this under the Jim will never be happy. But, Dusty, and we'll get into all the details here, but I'm trying to find a reason not to like it. And the best I could come up with is Flex Protect Plus. Come on. Yeah. Get a better name than that. Yeah. Other than that, Dusty, I like every, just about everything about it. What's your take? Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like it could have been so much worse, right? Like I I think, you know, you get an answer to the question about uh, doing away with divisions and you get an answer to the question about um, how are they going to rectify the West versus East discrepancy? Now there's, there's just none of that. And um, you know, I, I think for Penn state people, there were just a couple potential sticking points. One is just the, the wounded pride of being, of it being pointed out that you do not have a rival. Um, But anybody would have really said that no primary rival. Uh, But I think that that's been pretty much clear. Uh, You know, and the other thing is, I think everybody's saying 
you know, we get stuck with Ohio state and Michigan every year. And now it's like, okay, you're not going to play Ohio state every year. And it's like, but why not? You know, I think it's just kind of the thing that you've been waiting for. Now it's here. And now it, it, it doesn't, I think for a lot of people, it didn't feel as good as they thought it would, but otherwise, yeah, I mean, this, this seems like a pretty good balanced system that should have, you know, for Penn state, probably more than others will have a lot of balance to it. And, and we'll, we'll hit all the aspects uh, to it, Dusty. Let's start first of all, though, with no divisions. That is the trend across college football and, I think we all assume that was going to be the case. And what's going to happen is the two top teams will play each other. So you're not going to get a 12-0 and Ohio State playing a 7-5 and Purdue anymore for the conference championship. I think that's great. How about you? Yeah, I, I do too. And, and I think... You know, the Big Ten probably had the biggest discrepancy between divisions, I, I would imagine. And, you know, that component, it, it just it just didn't make it fair. I think Penn State was was one of the worst positioned teams as, you know, more often than not, the number three behind Michigan and Ohio State, but clearly better than the entire West division. That's just not a good place to be. And I think instead of the Big Ten redrawing divisions or doing whatever, you know, putting themselves in position to do it again, uh, let's just do away with it. And you can find, you know, with, with this, with nine conference games and with the model that they have, you can get to everybody still without having to break it down into, into divisions. And, I, I think that's where we thought it was going to go. Um, the SEC, as far as I know, is still sticking with its divisions. But um, when you get into these big leagues, are, are they not? I don't think I don't think they are. They are sticking with their eight games, though. Which right. I'm going to go off on that a little later in the show, Dusty. Just there's a foreshadowing for you. But here, back with the Big Ten. Yep, nine-game schedule, and they're going to take the two top teams to play in the championship game. I, I think that's perfect. Yeah, I mean, I think you're going to get in on 100% merit alone. And the the from what I can see with the schedule, I mean, there are going to be some years where – uh, you're going to have a tougher schedule than the rest of the Big Ten, let's say. You're going to have some years where, like, Northwestern or somebody's going to have an easier schedule. than the rest. Like, it's going to maybe happen that way sometimes, but um, but it is going to be balanced. And I think everybody's going to play a pretty comparably difficult schedule. So if you are one of the top two teams, there's no gimmick, there's no anything. You deserve to be in a championship game situation. I want to get into the the top teams and what they did with them, but let's first look at it, uh, Dusty, from the divisionless aspect. Think about you mentioned Penn State being affected by by having to play Michigan and Ohio State every year, but think about it if you are Indiana, Michigan State, Rutgers, who might you miss Maryland. Every season, you had Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State. Essentially, for those four teams, you're starting your season 0-3. Yeah, 
And, you know, you think it's it's life's hard if you're Penn State having to play Michigan and Ohio State. But what if you're not one of the good teams? You know, this 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 cycle of uh, losing records is really tough to get away from if you're Indiana or Maryland or Rutgers. Um, so they, I think it does bring a little bit of relief to them too, where, you know, maybe you're going to play two out of those four teams in a, in a given year. And it, it, maybe it helps some of those teams get out of that cycle a little bit. Um, it, it helps them instead of going, oh, and three right off the bat in conference play, it, it helps them, you know, have a fighting chance. And, uh, maybe it brings a little bit of balance to, to the bottom of the league too. I you know, I'm not sure if. Uh, Rutgers, you know, maybe they don't play those teams, but I'm not sure if that immediately makes them a contender or anything, but uh, you do feel for those teams and they get a little bit of relief out of this deal too. Yes. And I do think that goes a little bit to being fair where you take teams from the middle of the pack on the Western side which is just about everybody over there. They're all in the middle of the pack. But if you're a Northwestern on the West side, you may go a season where you don't play Michigan, Penn State, or Ohio State. Now, if you're Rutgers, Maryland, Indiana, think about how different your schedule would be if you were playing those teams from the West Division instead of the teams from the East. This is a completely new ballgame for them, Dusty. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, Maryland is it pretty much in the same tier over the past two or three years as Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa. And so why should Maryland be an afterthought in one division? And those teams are all, they're all contenders in, in their division. So this, this does, I think, allow for a team like Maryland to have a little bit more upward mobility. In, in the division, it allows, you know, maybe some more sobering contests for the Minnesotas and the Wisconsin's of the world. Um, Cause I, I mean, it is, it has been a problem for a long time. And I think one of the frustrating things is that, you know, not that I would expect the big 10 to say, Oh, these divisions are horrible, but the big 10 has never really owned that fact. They've always kind of stood behind while well, the power is cyclical and blah, blah. It, it'll even, it, it was never going to even out structurally. It was never going to even out. So now I think this is just an, an ability to, um, you know, especially with this only having two years worth of schedule out there. I think they're giving themselves the ability to adapt based on what the current power structure is. Let's say Penn state reaches that, that next echelon or let's say Wisconsin or Luke fickle is it becomes dominant or something. It allows them to roll with the punches and go with who, you know, who these best, who these top teams are, maybe assess balance on a more liquid basis. Exactly. Dusty. And you and I, and we'll get into it more as the show goes on. We're uh, closing in on the end of the first quarter, but when we were putting together our schedule, our projection, we talked about at the top of the Big Ten is obviously Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, and now probably USC, okay? And if you're going to pick not just for the 23 season, but the 24 and 25 seasons, which is what they put the schedule out for, is there anyone else other than those four that you would put in that category as the elite teams. Th- those would be the, the definitively elite. 
Uh, I think you can look at, I think there's some hope for Wisconsin. Like they're not miles off. There's, I think Michigan state, if you look at the two years ago version versus last year, that version UCLA has a little bit of promise going on there too. I mean, uh, I, I think there's, there's some hope, but nobody definitively in that elite tier, you've got four definite elites. You've got four, you know, for the most part, some real blue blood type programs. And then you've got a, a, another tier there where they they could make a, a jump forward. They took they could step up uh, if they if they change some things with their, the way they recruit or whatever. So I, I but I, I would definitely agree that the elite tier is pretty well defined. And and Dusty, let me educate you a little bit here, okay? If you don't mind, please. In <laughs> in our show late in the week with uh, with Andy last week, we got in the blue chip ratio standings came out which essentially says you got to have over 50% blue chipper. There's four future Big Ten teams in that group. You know who those four are? After the break, I'll tell you who they are. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number two. We're talking about this schedule that the Big Ten announced last Thursday. And Dusty, as you can tell, I am just enamored by it. I'm just like all about this. There's so much to talk about with it. But the cliffhanger we left at the end of quarter one is, who were the four elite teams based on the blue chip ratio? Would you like to guess, my friend? Uh, I, like, guess. I think once once you share who the four are, you're going to realize it wasn't a cliff at all. It was like, a, it was like an <laughs> anthill. <laughs> it, it, oh, obviously, go ahead, Dusty. Who were they? Uh, I think in order, right? Ohio State, uh, Penn State, Michigan, USC. Exactly. Okay. So those are the four blue bloods on on the uh, Big Ten uh, conference. So you and I talked about this. 
if you made, like, say, Ohio State have to have Michigan as a rival, Penn State as a rival, and USC as a rival, and they had to play all three of the Blue Bloods, and the other teams did not, that would not be fair to Ohio State. My thing was, Ohio State, Michigan, they have to be the rival and play every year. We knew that. And I thought the best thing they could do is make USC be Penn State's rival. So they play each other every year, and then they alternate playing Michigan and Ohio State. So each one of the four Blue Bloods would play two out of the other three every year. Lo and behold, that's what they did, Dusty. Obviously, they listened to our show. I think that's probably all they did before they came up with uh, with these. You know, it's like they 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 put them in a room. They put they isolated one person uh, into like a, a a real a real tiny cubicle and said, "Okay, this schedule we've got coming up, it's flexible, it protects, and it does a little bit more than that. We need a, a formal name for this." <laughs> Six weeks. There you go. Like, uh, let's come flex protect plus. Okay. But yeah, I, I think, um, you know, and, and we have talked about this and, and tried to forecast who we thought and what we thought. And I don't think we were wrong in, in the way that we were thinking about it. Um, for me personally, I know, you know, I was, I was going about it as if they had to have protective rivals for everybody. And that's, that was the big reveal for me from the, the big 10 is that, not everybody has to have a protective rivalry. This this is not a participation trophy thing. Like we, we're going to protect the rivalries that that really count. And Penn State didn't have rivalries that counted. And if they did, it it, it didn't really fit with you know like Ohio State Michigan for example. It's not fair to give them two top eight protected rivalry games. So yeah, this this was this was a really nice looking schedule that uh, I, I think allows Penn State the ability to grow into maybe that USC rivalry. That would be a fun situation. And I, I fully expect, you know, you look back to the last time they played, the type of game that they played, I, I feel like we're going to get more of that over the 24 and 25 seasons. And the Big Ten is going to be like, okay, w- let's see this every year. I feel like when they reassess things, they're, they're going to arrive at that conclusion. I do too, Dusty. And the fact that... I know they made such a big deal out of it. I mean, this was the first statement they made. We've got 11 uh, rivalry games. And, you know, the rest is this Flex Protect Plus. Well, what they did was they only announced a two-year cycle of scheduling. Not four years, which you would think they would have done because then you would get home and away with every team And that's not what happened. They just did the two-year schedule, which gets you playing everybody. But by having USC as Penn State's Flex Protect Plus two-year, yes, they gave themselves the option to reevaluate in two years. And here's my bold prediction. I think Penn State-USC is going to end up the rivalry, and I absolutely love it. And then they'll never have... Michigan or Ohio State as one of Penn State's, you know, two-year flex so that they can alternate those two. And as long as these four teams are those four blue bloods, you get two out of those three games. There's enough great games for TV, but you're not being unfair to any one of them. Now, 
I know Penn State fans are looking at that and a lot are saying, hey, this is great. Penn State doesn't have to play all three. They were looking out for Penn State. Let me educate you listeners on that also. Yeah. Penn State was irrelevant in that discussion. What that was was Ohio State and Michigan saying they don't want to play all three Blue Bloods every year. And that's why Penn State doesn't have to play them. They were not looking to do you, Nittany Lions, a favor. Agreed, Dusty? It, it just so happened to be that way. It's hard. It's really hard to argue, you know, the, who the Big Ten's looking out for. You know, and, and it's, no, it's, it's not, a, Dusty. It's not difficult at all. I mean, that's what, that's what I'm like. It's, it's hard to argue that, that the big 10 is looking out for those teams is is what I'm saying, you know? And it's not, it's not like a conspiracy theory. Uh, And, and it's not like I even really blame the big 10. You've got these longstanding blue blood programs that are very influential in college football, very influential, you know, just uh, in terms of how universities go too. you should be listening. It, it, It should be, uh, those two that are that are getting that type of treatment. Penn State doesn't fall in that category, and in this case, it's not such a bad thing. You know, it it'll, it allows Penn State to grow into whatever dynamics unfold. You know, Michigan State uh, and Rutgers and USC are these two year partners. They're the only team I think in the Big Ten that got all three uh, as two year partners in this. So there's, there's some, there's a special place for Penn state to be. Uh, and I did, somebody put it this way. I wish I could give them specifically credit, but uh, use the term unrivaled uh, to describe the fact that they don't have a, a rivalry game. And, you know, and it's okay. Outside of Michigan, Ohio state, which is a great game. It is a tremendous rivalry. These other rivalry games, Minnesota, Wisconsin, I don't care. (laughs) I don't care. Right. And UCLA, USC, that's a rivalry game, okay? And I do care about that. That makes sense. Maybe even, and this may sound funny, but Indiana, Purdue, because it's an intrastate kind of thing, and even Michigan, Michigan State, I kind of get that. But some of these others, don't care, just don't care. Yeah, and, they're, they're they're important to the programs. They're important to the fan bases, I suppose, and and they're they're maybe they're longstanding because of the geography component of it. Iowa ha- Iowa actually has a fourth rival that that we that's not listed here. It's it's an offensive playbook, uh, but they've got Minnesota, <laughs> Wisconsin, Nebraska, and and the idea of innovation that are their four rivals. <laughs> and I. Innovation is undefeated against Iowa. (laughs) You know, and I am sure all three Indiana football fans care about Indiana Purdue. That's fine. (laughs) It's okay. But Dusty, how big a difference is there in the fact that, you know, the Penn State's going to play USC both years. Okay. The fact that they're doing this in a two year cycle And I want to explain this as well as I possibly can. So if Penn State's Flex Protect Plus or two-year rivals are USC, um, Rutgers, and Michigan State, if I recall correctly, your suggestion for Penn State's three rivals, if they had to have them, 
you, I believe, had Maryland, Iowa, and USC. Is that correct? I uh, I don't know if I ever – like, I, I thought Michigan State, Iowa, Maryland, just in terms of um, balance, you know, not making it overwhelmingly difficult. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I think those were the three teams I most commonly – because I, 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 I think I just looking back, I didn't know what to do with USC, but it, probably USC came up as part of that conversation. I know I thought – Penn State USC would be the matchup, just like Michigan. It, it won't have the long-standing rivalry like Michigan Ohio State, but I can certainly see a Penn State USC rivalry. They're two big names, and if they get to play every year, it's going to be huge. The, the Penn State fan base, Dusty, we haven't even hit the twenty-three season, and I can't wait for the twenty-four whiteout with USC. Okay? Yeah. I mean, it's inevitable. It's inevitable, right? You ha- you have to do that. Gotta be, gotta be. And I'm telling you, the USC players are already thinking about it. Okay. And how about Penn State heading to LA the following year to play USC? That's huge. It's it's fantastic for college football, and it's great. Is, is it true, and- by the way, that that they call um, Los Angeles the State College of the West? <laughs> or is, am I am I misremembering something? No, I I think you got it. I, in fact, <laughs> they're both so similar, <laughs> but they're historic. They're historic programs, Dusty. You know the Penn State fans are going to be so thrilled to see USC. I know that I am. And if you look at the three teams, okay, maybe it wasn't you. Maybe it was me who had Maryland, Iowa, and USC as their three rivals if they do that i could see them though the next two year cycle replacing rutgers with maryland yeah as a two year and take that makes a lot of of sense actually and then alternate michigan state out and maybe iowa would have made sense but iowa already has their three rivals so take a pick you know, Wisconsin would be fascinating. Nebraska would be fascinating for a home and home. So I I think, you know, we'll kind of see that cycle with Penn State. I hope they make USC their permanent rival and then play Michigan and Ohio State every other year. To me, Dustin, that's the perfect Penn State schedule. Yeah, and and you know I, the expansion to include USC and UCLA. I mean, I think there's a good chance we look back on that and say no program benefited more from that than Penn State did. You know, talking about exposure and talking about being, you know, becoming a, a brand in a different part of the country and being another team. Like I know Penn State joined in 1993, but they're still not viewed as, as a as a longtime member. They're they're still not viewed as a staple member. Well, now they got another team that that is going to be in a really comparable position in terms of how competitive they are, and they're not going to be a staple member either. They can be non staples together <laughs> and staple to each other. Anyway, Dustin, we are not done talking about this schedule. I don't think I ever will be. I love all of it. (laughs) We'll, We'll pick up some more in quarter number three. Stay tuned. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. 
Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number three. He's Dusty. I'm Jim. Dustin, we've been talking about this new Big Ten schedule, and as of it's, it's been fascinating me. And I'm I'm very much an advocate of it, as I think you could tell. I really like what they've done here, and I just want to. Are, are you prepared for at least a little salty, Jim? Though I've been waiting for it. Everybody's been waiting for it. <laughs> okay, here here's here's salty, Jim. Did you happen to see Gene Smith, athletic director of Ohio State, on the Big Ten Network when they announced this? Uh, I had seen some things that Gene Smith said. I don't know if they occurred on the Big Ten Network or not. About, I think I just looked at it as, um, you know, some things had to be sacrificed. Our competitive rivalry with Penn State had to be sacrificed. Yes. But the part that I liked, okay, was they were asked him, of course, about the possibility of having to play Michigan back-to-back weeks because they played Michigan in the last game. And then there's the championship game between the two top teams. And it very well could be Ohio State and Michigan. Well, you know what, Dusty? He's willing to make that sacrifice for the good of the conference. What a sweetheart. If you have an issue with playing Michigan back-to-back weeks, then don't force the conference to play that game the last week of the season. Play it in week seven if it's so upsetting to you. Yeah, You're not making a sacrifice here, buddy. You are not. The league is going to cater to you. And they came to you and said, what do you want to do about this? And he said, well, you know, we'll acquiesce and risk playing them back-to-back weeks. Yeah. Well, I mean, and this is another thing that could be interesting. Like, I, I know that's a, that's a long-time thing. And I know it's been meaningful or whatever, but... I mean, what do you, do you feel like 
the benefits of 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 that, like the playing the last game of the season and the anticipation and the buildup, and you know, sometimes you uh, you are able to create a situation where you know the stakes are at their highest because it's the last game of the season. Uh, are, are there enough benefits in that to continue that, or do you think after two thousand twenty four and twenty five, after this two year cycle they've got, that maybe they'll back away from that because they've never really had to, they've never had to face that reality before. You know, they've never had to face other than maybe playing each other the last game of the regular season and then maybe seeing each other in the first in the semifinals of the playoff, maybe as a as a possibility. Uh, But now the the realization has to be hitting that um, there's a pretty good chance that we're going to have to play them in back to back weeks. Dusty, what is the problem with that? Playing in back to back weeks? Yeah. I don't personally have have a big problem with that. I mean, it's it's an interesting conundrum as far as like the like college football playoff seeding goes to play the same team twice. But I don't have I don't I don't see an issue with that. Neither do I. So I'm still trying to figure out the sacrifice they're making. Okay, <laughs> and just just you- trust him. The in in all of his benevolence, just just trust Gene Smith. <laughs> but. Dusty, if think about it this way, what if they play a nail biter? It comes down to the last play. How how great is it then, as a player, if you're on that team that lost a close game, that you get to go back and do it again the following week for the conference championship game, and with the thought, if your two teams finished first and second in the Big Ten, you're probably both going to make the playoffs, aren't you? There's a possibility playing each other a third time. Oh, how tremendous would that be? Or, or at least, you know, I, 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 I kind of, um, I, I appreciate situations where like the college football playoff committee has to think about that, you know, because they, speaking of benevolence, their, their, their attitude of, you know, you just, you don't understand the process. You know, like I, I think anytime that they're, that they're, you know, high and mighty position on that is challenged with like, okay, now we have to, we have to really think about this. It's not part of what our protocol is, but do we really want to see a third consecutive matchup between these two teams when mathematically it looks like that's where they kind of fall, but you're, you're right in that, you know, with an expanded playoff, it doesn't matter how many losses that second team would have. Uh, in this situation, they're probably still in. If you're in the Big Ten championship game, you're probably in because you have four teams that are that are kind of fixtures in that top ten. Um, so yeah, yeah. But but I, I I covet the opportunity for these these organizations that you and I you know talk about most of the time with sarcasm. Like I know, like as you were talking, I was kind of thinking about has Gene Smith's name ever come up in this particular space and not had it be sarcastic in nature? And I think probably the answer is no. Oh, I'm a hundred percent sure (laughs) that the answer is no. And I'm unapologetic about it too, by the way. So just to, you know, and, 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 and I, 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 I would imagine our audience appreciates that because in their day-to-day lives, if you're a, a pretty hardcore Penn State fan, you don't mention Gene Smith's name often, A, but B, without some kind of, if you're mentioning his name, it's not to say, hey, he's a really, he's a really good organizer. Yeah, hey, he's a really good athletic director. And you know what? I think he's more concerned about the Big Ten as a group 
I often use these, I call it the benevolent, like you do, Gene yeah. Smith. Yeah. I think that's just part of his name because he always acts in every member of the Big Ten's best interest. Dusty, <laughs> you kind of alluded to it, but let's hit this. We now have in uh, 24, not just this shakeup in the Southeast Conference and in the Big Ten, but we're going to go to that 12-team playoff. And the question becomes, what does that mean? With this four-team playoff, we on you had to be undefeated or have one loss. Past yeah. that, two losses, you're not in. It's a new world with 12 teams. How does all of this Southeast Conference playing eight conference games, Big Ten playing nine? And by the way, I do a writer wrote an article, and it was Nicole Arabak whose gist of her article was the Southeast Conference deserves to be punished by the committee for only playing eight conference games. So I'll leave you with that. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting, the idea of punishment uh, for only playing eight. I mean, it it will show up, I guess, in strength of schedule. Um, You know, pre like... A, a choice, a choice that's made to have a, that one extra weakness on the schedule where, you know, the big 10 will have a, a strength. So I think in that respect that, uh, yeah, they'll, they'll view that in a negative light, but you know, it, it is going to shift the parameters because as much as they talked about what mattered to them and, and what, you know, what, what was, you know, scheduling wise and whatever those were, I think in the end, they, they broke a few ties along the way, but ultimately it's that, that's that number in your loss column that really dictated the, what the field was going to be. And if you had two of them, you weren't in. So now it's like, I think there's going to, it's going to have some wiggle room to be a little bit more arbitrary where I, I think there's going to be a really appealing four loss team at some point in time. Maybe it's the big 10 runner up or the sec runner up that, that has four losses um, that were all against really good teams two to Georgia or two to Ohio state or two to Michigan that, um, that, that a four loss team is appealing as like uh, one of the top 12 teams. So I think the idea of that loss number mattering that's gonna that's gonna change quite a bit because you're gonna get into a whole tier of teams that have three big time wins and four big time losses that that's one of the 12 best teams so I think you know that's that just makes life interesting and, and makes it it helps teams that are in that next tier it's gonna be like the the third best big 10 team might be in a more advantageous position than the second best big 10 team sometimes just for the same reason that that Penn State, was overlooked for uh, the 2016 uh, playoff and Ohio State got in instead. It's going to create some interesting dynamics where that loss number maybe isn't the end-all, be-all anymore because it absolutely has been. Well, let's take a look at this a little bit, Dusty, because I think the playoff committee may actually have to do some work now with the 12 teams. They didn't before, Dusty. Undefeated, you're in. One loss... And you're one of the, you know, only four teams with one loss or none, you're in. Multiple teams with one loss, it goes in this order. You're a Southeast Conference team, you're in. If there's not a Southeast Conference team, it's a Big Ten team, you're in, okay? That's the packing order. That's the way it went. They didn't even have to meet. 
Just come yeah. to me and I could have told you those four teams. Now they're going to actually have to do some work because you're going to have in this Big Ten two teams, as you pointed out, with that championship game, the second-place team with two losses, the third-place team with three, with two losses also, whatever the tiebreaker, you're that second-place team. You get a third loss in the championship game. Could that be costing you the playoffs? Man, it's uncomfortable to think that that, that group's going to have more responsibility and not less responsibility. Uh, and, and so in that respect, it's a, it's a little it's a little scary. That group is going to have to, the, the ties that they have to break while they're not, you know, the choosing between four, the fourth best team and the fifth best team is high profile and it's, it's high stakes choosing between the 13th best team and the 12th best team is a little bit lower stakes, but it's also a more challenging feat because there's a lot more gray area in what their resumes are inherently. Like you're, you're choosing between a two, one loss teams or a one loss team and a two loss team. Now you're choosing between a three loss team and a four loss team. You know, you're, you're going to have to actually put in some work. And by the way, as as we're talking about all this, like it it just uh, occurs to me that your disdain is for anybody in a management position for college football. Anybody who is viewing the sport of college football on sheets of paper and is is responsible for budgeting and and things like that. The bureaucracy of it all is what you have disdain for. And, uh, you know, the NCAA president falls under that category. The Big Ten commissioner does. Gene Smith certainly does in all all of his benevolence. So that's where that's where Jim really uh, has a problem. If you're a decision maker, because and, and I get it because those decision makers, I think in a lot of cases are out of touch with what actual fans are looking for and how they watch the game. Yes, yes, and yes, I have disdain for all of them, Dusty, and it's because of those decisions that they make. And we do not have nearly enough time with our one-hour show for me to hit all of those highlights. However. We do have one more segment to go, (laughs) and we still have enough to talk about with this schedule. We'll get back to that right after this break. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. 
truststatecollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We headed to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And we're back. It's quarter number four of the Keystone Kickoff Show. He's Dusty. I'm Jim. And Dusty, I'm not going to do it until you request it on the air. Go ahead and make your request. I want to know who hurt you uh, at the admin level of college football that your disdain uh, is rampant among all decision makers. Let's just stick to the Big Ten, Dusty. Yep. All right. Penn State coming to the Big Ten many years ago. None of the other Big Ten coaches wanted Penn State in. Now, partly that's the responsibility of the Big Ten presidents and administrators who didn't keep them in the loop because, hey, I'm Bobby Knight. I run the Big Ten. How come you didn't tell me or the all the Big Ten football coaches? So Penn State was treated with complete disdain. And that got confirmed in 94 when Penn State was undefeated and so was Nebraska. And any other year where there are two teams vying for number one and can't play in a bowl game, the one thing you can guarantee, Dusty, is that both the coaches poll and the writers poll, you will have your uh, co-conference mates voting for you. So that is a guarantee it will always happen, except in 94, where the Big Ten coaches and writers did not vote for Penn State, and it cost them a national championship, Dusty. I'm not even going to get into all the poor officiating that's gone on over the years that have cost Penn State games. You know, I won't even go into the mistreatment of Penn State during the scandal when we saw similar kind of things like at Michigan State. And Michigan, they do nothing. In Ohio State, they did nothing. But they crucified Penn State. So, and, and I could make this list go on and on, Dusty, but that is why I have this great disdain. And they keep doing crazy things to continue that. Now, I'm giving them a brief respite because I think they got this schedule thing right. Okay? And it stuns me that they got it right. Does it pain you to say it? Does it pain you to say it? Or or is is the benefit of having a nice schedule, a balanced schedule, more than your personal grievance in this situation? Um, And this pains me to say it, but yeah, I'm actually happy about it. Because it is more important that they get the schedule right than my disdain for them. And this is the old broken clock thing, okay? I think that's all it is. They're right every once in a while. We we covered this we covered this earlier too. Nothing makes you happier than pain, and nothing makes you more pain than happiness. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But let's let's get back to we were talking about the playoff ramifications, Dusty. And here's what I think is the other part to all this. And I know we're sort of getting away from the schedule to the playoffs, but I think it's important, and the schedule will play a part. You now have Texas, Oklahoma going to the Southeast Conference even though they're only playing eight games, it still makes that conference deeper. And you're not going to have Georgia, Alabama not playing each other for a decade in the regular season. They ultimately have to play each other. 
USC, UCLA coming to the Big Ten makes the Big Ten better and deeper. And that damages both the Pac-12 and the Big 12. So now you're going to start comparing, do you think a three-loss Southeast Conference team or a three-loss Big Ten team is going to make it over a two-loss either Big 12 or Pac-12 team? Yeah, I mean, and and I I, I was going to, my first thought, I was going to say, will they make it, um, will they make it over a one-loss Pac-12 team or a one-loss ACC? I, I don't think that that would happen, but, um, but yeah, I, I think it's going to, that decision is going to be made, you know, and this goes into, this goes into, you know, what we talked about earlier, where now the committee with 12 spots to fill um, is going to have to really make harder choices. They didn't have to think about three lost teams at all. They barely had to think about two lost teams other than just a cursory, like courtesy consideration. So now they have to think about all those teams and all the different gray areas. And I do think, you know, the, the, competitive nature of the schedule is going to mean a lot. Uh, and, and I think the big 12 is going to get doc points for that. I think the PAC 12 is going to get doc points for that. I think the ACC is going to get doc points for that. And there are only two leagues that aren't going to get docked, you know, at least when it comes to their conference opponents are the, the big 10 and the SEC. There aren't going to be any down seasons, the ACC there's down seasons, the PAC 12, you know, there, there's going to be down seasons, especially now you remove USC, and to a lesser extent, UCLA from, from that field. And now it's like, you know, almost like Oregon and everybody else and Oregon, maybe Utah is in that mix, but uh, yeah, it, it, it's going to impact those teams. You know, they're, they're just not going to play the same strength of schedule. And I think that, I think there's going to be weight given to that. So I think that's going to be an equivalent, you know, you're going to have a, I think that you're going to have a, in some seasons, a team that's just not all that good have two losses from the Big 12 or from the Pac-12. And you're going to have a really good team from the Big 10 have three losses. So I think in a lot of cases, that's going to tilt in the Big 10 or the SEC's favor. It it has to, Dusty. And, you know, I feel like, again, going to the uh, blue chip ratio, and it's just dominated by what the Southeast Conference is going to be and with the Big Ten's going to be because Texas, Oklahoma, and USC are all in that grouping. So those are, you know, three elite teams going to the two strong conferences. So it, it can't help but be the case. And yeah, I think the committee is actually going to have to do some work and it's going to be fascinating going forward. You hope that it'll be you know, the ACC, the conference winner's going and is going to get a bye. So you you hope it's Clemson and such a drop-off after that, or Florida State, you know. And the same thing in the Pac-12 with Oregon and maybe Utah. Washington, you know, that's, that's what you're going to choose from there. And, you know, if one or two of those teams are down – they may end up with just one team making the playoffs out of the 12. Well, I think there's disrespect there when you don't include Pitt in that group and Pat Narduzzi, <laughs> you know, in his mind, in his mind, everybody's fighting to get, to get on their level. And I have a lot of respect for him for that. 
it it takes a lot to maintain that level of delusion in in your life uh that level of 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 misplaced belief it's it's hard work you know living in your own reality so i think uh i think they need to be mentioned here too all right, more sarcasm with Gene Smith or Pat Narduzzi on this show. <laughs> I think I think like Nar- Narduzzi is such like a chest pounder about this stuff. It is if if you're not a Pit fan, even if you are a Pit fan, it's very easy to to not like where he's coming from. You know, like there there's like honesty and brutal honesty, and then there's just you know being a kind of a jerk and he walks over that that line and and this is like it doesn't hurt my feeling like you can say whatever you want about penn state or james franklin or well, I, I don't care like i'm not i'm not butthurt about that this is objectively speaking <laughs> and i saw you searching for the word when you came up with jerk what 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 word a clean alternative safely? yeah yeah <laughs> what what can what can right. i there were definitely hired hired words on the list for sure i had to get i had to get down to the the pg list let's let's move on okay dusty let's circle back to the big 10 with their schedule did they accomplish everything that they set out to accomplish and is there anything you would have done differently? Uh, I mean, in terms of their, what they accomplished, so they're looking for balance. I think they get balance out of this. I think they give themselves uh, flexibility, not just on a two-year basis, but after 2025, they maintain flexibility to keep assessing that balance equation. Uh, in that respect, I think it does help with college football playoff access because you're not going to pin down any one team, for the most part, to make them play three or four top 10 teams in a, in a single year. So that helps. Um, you know, nine conference games, you get confirmation that that's going to be an ongoing philosophy. I'd like to think that that is going to be weighted against an eight game schedule. It's going to be weighted against what the PAC 12 does or doesn't do. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, doing away with divisions was the right thing. So yeah, I, I really think that they, they got, they got it right here. And I don't know that I I really have a grievance to say I would have done this differently. Uh, I just think, you know, Penn state is in such an interesting position in this without a true rival that I think you're just looking and you're hoping that beyond the 25 season that they are able to assess that. And, and, and if Penn state were to elevate and have a, a rivalry, come out of that, then you take that into account. And USC is a, a really um, prime candidate to, to do that because, you know, USC has their ge- geographical rival. Um, it makes sense for USC and UCLA to be playing each other every year, being that they're what, I don't They're 1500 miles from the other closest big 10 team. They should be playing each other. Um, so I think, I, I really think, they did a good job on this and I'll even give props to that, that poor lowly soul who was stuck in a cubicle coming up with a name for this thing. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm with you. I think they did everything right. And I do believe dusty that they correctly had the same discussion that you and I had, which is you got four blue bloods. Do you really want to hurt one of them within the conference by making say, Michigan have to play all three of them or Ohio State play all three of them. And you know what I think of those two programs, but I think it's correct to say, don't punish them. I know there's a television aspect that you would love to see a round robin of those four blue bloods, 
but they may, were realistic. And so far, what they've said is, okay, Blue Bloods, we're going to make you play two out of three in this two-year cycle. I got to think somebody was saying, you know what? Let's hold off by announcing Penn State USC as a rival. Let's see how it goes. But that's what that's what makes sense even beyond those two years. Yeah, I, I think that's what everybody probably wants. And that's what everybody should want. They should want this new look rivalry game. It, it gives a fresh angle to the Big Ten. Not that anybody's griping about Michigan, Ohio State. You love that rivalry, but you would love to see another prime rivalry join them. And I don't think there's a better candidate for that. No offense to Iowa, Minnesota, or whatever, but there's not a better candidate for that than Penn State USC, I think. And there is enough of a history between the two teams over the years. Just two blue bloods. It, it's got to happen, Dustin. It makes All sense. right. Fun, fun show today. I enjoyed talking about it. But that's it. We're out of time. Make sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love.